0: Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Not Your Normal Healing. I'm your host, Alex, and I'm here to help you heal. Beach Boys Bay in Trouble episode I wanted to give you guys some insight on addiction I have my special guest with me my grandma say hi. hello so for those of you who don't understand addiction um, my grandma will explain it to you
1: addiction is an obsessive compulsive disorder that is incurable can be fatal but is manageable in some cases
0: so that is a brief definition of addiction There are many different types of addiction, substance, drug, and behavioral addiction. What are some symptoms of addiction, Grandma? Uh,
1: Some symptoms of physical addiction are uh, neglected duties that you don't do what you're supposed to do, uh, personal hygiene neglect, uh, job neglect, um, parenting duties, Um, bill paying things of that nature you forget to eat you forget to act like a human being at times it reduces a human to the animal level in drug addiction
0: okay Um, what about behavioral addiction like binge eating gambling social media stuff like that what are signs and symptoms of behavioral addiction
1: behavioral addiction is almost generally always uh monetarily detrimental like uh, gambling addiction, for instance would be that you will gamble the money away that you know that you need to feed your children pay your bills mm-hmm. make your car note uh do what you have to do to take care of yourself um for food addiction you will be told by a doctor that you are um eating too much of a particular substance salty mm-hmm. sweet you know whatever overeating overeating um compulsive eating and then uh throwing up afterwards because Mm -hmm. you feel bad about it It, uh, sex addiction it would basically be dangerous behavior um having sex with strangers Mm -hmm. having sex many many times a day doing things that you know are wrong just because it 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 triggers that chemical in your brain that makes you feel good
0: right so having the urge to do more and more of what you're addicted to because you've built up this tolerance from doing it so often so now you have to do it more and more and um having a difficult time cutting back on whatever you're abusing or controlling your addictive behavior um that is also a symptom from the outs, or from the inside um so what are some psychological symptoms
1: psychological symptoms would be uh, feelings of worthlessness, uselessness, feeling like a failure, um, feeling like uh, justified in doing whatever it is you you, uh, you use to... I worked hard for this. Mm-hmm. I deserved to go scratch a few tickets. I worked hard for this money. I need a beer on Friday. Mm-hmm. I worked really hard for this. I, I'm going to just go blow 50 bucks on a hooker and a, and a bag of crack.
0: Right. So, um... Do you think that addiction is genetic?
1: I think it's half and half. Nature versus nurture has been um, a debate since time immemorial. Uh, Scientists believe that there is some sort of chemical inside every addict's brain that Mm -hmm. says, yes, you're predisposed chemically to becoming addicted. However, there are people who come from perfectly wonderful families who end up addicted to several different things, whether it be drugs, sex, shopping, food, whatever
0: right so and some people use addiction as like a scapegoat
1: absolutely absolutely i believe personally that addiction is a symptom of a deeper mental defect or disorder not necessarily a mental illness but something that you don't want to deal with you'll just put a band-aid on it
0: right so addiction's basically like a band-aid to a wound
1: yeah, but it's kind of like putting uh, one of those tiny little fingernail band-aids on a gunshot wound.
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, in my opinion, I don't believe uh, addiction is a mental illness. I, I look at it more as a disorder because they say that addicts have chemical imbalance in their brain. Yes. And that is a disorder. It could turn into an illness depending on the drug and the severity of it but I don't think that it is necessarily a mental illness Um, so now we're going to talk about addiction versus misuse because people tend to mix those up or think that it's the same thing uh, it's it's completely different
1: it is completely different addiction basically it's compulsive and it's obsessive. Compulsion means you're gonna do something knowing you should not do it mm-hmm. the first time. Obsession means once you've started, you can't stop.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. and misuse is when you aren't, like an example of misuse is when you're not following the prescribed dosage and absolutely recreational use and absolutely. stuff like that. So they're not the same thing. The misuse of drugs can lead to addiction. Absolutely. It may be like one of the main um, gateways to addiction yeah, in my absolutely. opinion. But they are completely two different things. Um people who are addicts and they cannot get their fix go through withdrawals. What is what is a withdrawal? Depends on the drug. Um
1: I've noticed that when for me when it was food, I would be angry. I would be very, very angry. I, I feel you. <laughs> yes. A lot of people call it hangry these days. And, you know, basically, if you wait 20 minutes, it'll go away. Mm-hmm. But um, nobody with an addictive personality will wait 20 minutes for anything. Right. Uh, some of the f- symptoms of physical drug addiction depends on the drug. Um for stimulants, it would be more psychologically addictive than it would be physically. It can be physical mm-hmm. but I feel that's based in psychology as well mm-hmm. for uh, opiates that is both physically and psychologically and emotionally addictive right. uh, Physical withdrawal from opiates can result in death mm-hmm. um, It can result in uh, weight loss diarrhea, <laughs> nausea, vomiting um, It can result in seizures it can result in in uh uh, loss of 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 friendships family Mm -hmm. lots of things
0: right and also it's um people who use needles to feed their addiction get addicted to the actual needle
1: absolutely so
0: they'll do they'll put anything in the needle just to have that feeling um of the needle
1: absolutely because you have control that Mm -hmm. way that way you have control over what goes into your body. Okay, you're, you're pissing me off, well watch this. Let me go put this in my body so I can control how I feel.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so, some symptoms of withdrawing can be very, very, very painful.
1: Extremely painful. Me personally, when I was going through withdrawal from opiates, um, I, for 10 days, I was nauseous, I vomited, mm-hmm. uh, I couldn't hold a conversation without getting up to run to the bathroom, um, I had cramps, I had sleeplessness, I had my skin crawled, Tremers. my hair fell out, I trembled, mm-hmm. yes I did, I had memory lapses, and, um, psychologically, I had, uh, Hallucinations. Mm -hmm. I had uh, visions of dead people. Manic
0: episodes. Manic
1: episodes. Mm -hmm. Very manic episodes. Hypersexuality or a complete disinterest in sex. Those Mm -hmm. things.
0: So I have a timeline of certain um, withdrawals from different drugs. Yes. Um, Opioids. The withdrawals begin within 8 to 24 hours after the last use and can last. About four to ten weeks. They can. Mm-hmm.
1: They can. Physically, opioid addiction, depending on the um, the level of uh, use that you had before you stopped, um, it can begin hours after mm-hmm. that. Um, it can last up to uh, ten days. In my case, it was about ten days. Mm-hmm. Physical withdrawal.
0: What was the experience like withdrawing from opioids, which are painkillers? It was
1: horrible. It was ridiculous. Ridiculously horrible. I had a uh, family responsibility that I had to meet at three days of withdrawal And I got up and did it anyway. However um, it was uh, something that I had to be in court for for a family member and uh, Someone literally had to come and knock on the door when the person got on the stand because I couldn't I couldn't uh, stop hugging the toilet
0: um, so benzos which are uh, uh no. Benzos are anxiety medications. Mm-hmm. Xanax, uh,
1: Valium, clonopin, uh, things of that nature. Mm-hmm.
0: Those withdrawals begin one to four days after the last dose. Absolutely. And then they'll peak severity in the first two weeks, but they can last from months to even years. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cocaine withdrawals begin within hours of your last use. So Sometimes once you- minutes. <laughs> I guess it depends on
1: the level of use. Right,
0: in, in exactly. Um alcohol withdrawals begin as soon as you are beginning to sober up. Absolutely. I I've witnessed this um myself.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um they it peaks the severity um within the first 24 hours. Absolutely. And then your risk for seiz- having seizures are high. Extremely high. Um alcohol definitely um, makes you have seizures. I've seen it. Um, alcohol alcohol poison. withdrawal. Yeah, makes you have seizures. yeah. Yes. Alcohol poison, stuff like that. Um. Yes. So, with addiction and withdrawals, you have relapse.
1: Yes, you do. Unfortunately, you do.
0: What is relapse? Relapse is when.
1: Um, You just can't do it anymore you feel like a failure things aren't happening fast enough Um, I haven't got my job back yet my kids aren't talking to me yet so you know what screw this I'm just gonna go ahead and do it I'm just gonna keep on doing it because it's not working for me anyway Mm
0: mm-hmm what does um, relapsing look like
1: relapsing from the
0: outside in
1: from the outside in relapsing look like okay well I knew she wouldn't make it Mm -hmm. I heard those things several several times and to my haters i say haha i did (laughs) um um uh, relapsing from the outside looks like um secretive behavior Mm -hmm. uh stashing money uh missing money um I just Oh I'm sorry I couldn't make it to my kids' uh, school conference. I'm sorry something came up. I got a flat tire. Mm-hmm. When in actuality,
0: I was sitting in the parking lot with a 40 in my hand going, "Nope, not going in there now." Mm-mm. Or let me just get this drink in and then you spend too much time getting that drink in and you don't make it. You don't anyway, make it. you don't make it. What about how does how does relapsing feel like emotionally?
1: it is devastating you feel like a complete failure Mm -hmm. you're ashamed you're embarrassed right you grieve uh you uh basically beat yourself up entirely and then other people feel justified in their relapse but i call those the people who weren't ready to quit anyway
0: right because you everyone isn't ready to to recover yes
1: and on that note let me say this if you're involved with someone who's an active addiction you cannot save them you cannot right. stop them no one can stop until they are really wet ready to stop right. ready willing and able to stop then they'll let you in and let you help
0: yeah definitely you can't force someone to stop doing something especially if they're going through the denial phase like oh i don't have a drinking problem I, oh i don't have a drug problem what are you talking about i only do it every other day. Right. I only drink on the weekends. Right. I never
1: drink in the morning. Right.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: I don't have to have a couple of hits to go to work. I'm good right now.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, one of the most common times for an overdose, especially deadly overdose, is after attempted sobriety and, and you relapse.
1: Absolutely. Especially on opioids. Guys, I can't say this enough. This is personally very dear to my heart. This cause has come to me recently in the death of a very dear uh, damn near lifelong friend. Right. Um,
0: God bless his soul.
1: God bless his soul. Mm. Give me a second.
0: Whew. So basically overdoses happen when someone is trying to become sober, their tolerance lowers and then when they, when they relapse they don't realize that their body doesn't need as much as they were taking before they decided to be sober so it shuts down
1: it does it not only shuts down it's that your body tries to heal itself your body is your temple your body will try and heal itself after a certain amount of time of not using and will start to put yourself back together Mm -hmm. however your liver function your kidney function your brain function um, has begun to heal and if you put the same amount of the same substance into your body Or these days, you don't know what you're getting.
0: Exactly. Because you say you're just going
1: to go get a couple of caps, a regular old street heroin, and you're going to get some freaking fentanyl, and it's going to knock you out. And by knock you out, I don't mean that you're going to fall asleep for a little while. I mean you're not going to wake up ever.
0: Exactly. So, relapsing is definitely, it it could be very, very uh, dangerous. Another risk that comes with relapsing is something called backsliding.
1: Backsliding. Mm -hmm. Backsliding is a very painful, painful thing. I've done this many, 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 many times. I was addicted to crack for many, many years. And backsliding for me was I was clean one time for two entire years. Mm -hmm. And, um, finally it was like, okay, I deserve this. I can go out and I can go blow 50 bucks. Nobody's going to know. It's only going to be one time. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, celebrate. I worked all this time to do all this. I should just go ahead and reward myself for this, which is the most ridiculous thing I've ever said to myself.
0: Right. Because if you think about it, you just said you worked so hard to get where you're at. Right. So then you're going backwards. It's like falling back off a ladder. Mm -hmm. You got almost
1: halfway up and you just look at the bottom rung and go, well, it was easier down there. Let's start all over again. Mm -hmm.
0: And then mentally you start to crave that feeling just thinking about it.
1: Absolutely. So
0: that's why um, addicts need a lot of support. You can't be a recovering alcoholic and be around people who drink all the time because it's going to make you uh, miss that feeling or Trick your brain into craving it again. No matter how far you've got through it through your recovery mm, Yes, and no mm-hmm.
1: I agree to the point where in in early recovery that putting yourself back in the barbershop um, You're gonna get a haircut mm-hmm. um, or you are gonna walk out and go home and cut your own hair? which is even different <laughs> or um it, or the person that's been sober and clean for a while could look around at the people who are being ridiculous and drunk and stupid and go, you know what? That's why I stopped drinking. That's exactly why. Then again, there are people who uh, put themselves in those situations to test themselves, and that is dangerous. Right. That is wickedly dangerous, impulsive, and crazy.
0: Yeah, and, and temptation. Is,
1: temptation. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah there's
0: that so not only does addiction affect the addict it also affects the ones near and dear to them
1: absolutely
0: it affects uh family finances uh family physical health and psychological well-being right absolutely you were you had different perspectives of addiction you I were sure the, you were the addict you were the mother the daughter you you've sister. played many roles, many many roles. So sometimes family members actually play a role in an addict, mm-hmm. like enabling them, because they have to adjust to their new normal. Absolutely. There's you can't get someone to to stop doing it, so you have to adjust. Um, so there's six roles in. A family of an addict you mm-hmm. have the addict the enabler the mascot the hero the scapegoat and the lost child yes the addict obviously is the focal point they're the one who causes the conflict they are what everyone is uh, what their lives are basically based out yeah <laughs> all um, about the enabler to me the enabler is the one who isn't they don't have enough knowledge on addiction and they they start to feel bad they feel like oh i'll, I'll take care of your kids it's okay mm-hmm. absolutely out here take this money here or you're going to get it from somewhere else you might as well you know get it from me i don't want you out there selling absolutely. your body in my case it was extreme my mother decided
1: that because i was a cocaine addict and uh, people were knocking on the door looking for their money that she just sell cocaine herself and um yeah Guess what? <laughs>
0: that didn't work. That made it worse. <laughs> that actually. made it extremely worse. So the enabler basically takes on a lot of responsibility from the uh, slack of the addict.
1: Responsibility that is not theirs.
0: Exactly. But they don't know, they don't realize that they are not making the situation any better if not making it worse
1: absolutely making it worse because if for my, my another instance would be um, when I got arrested a, a, a hundred times um, <laughs> my, I, my mom would always take my calls my mom would always come post the money on my books right. my mom would pay my bond when they would still give me a bond
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, my kids would still come to see me everybody would still love me mm-hmm. and there were no consequences mm-hmm. for my bad behavior so therefore, I, my brain said, "Okay, we'll repeat the behavior."
0: Right. There's exactly. no
1: There's no consequence.
0: Um, the mascot. Mm-hmm. What's the mascot? The mascot. Keep it. Keep and in
1: uh, what I would think is uh, street terms, is Captain Sabahoe. Mm-hmm. He can fix this. He's the one in the family who made everything better. He's the one who came and paid the electric bill when they drank up the money. He's the one who got into AA and got sober, and now he's the one that everybody can turn to.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, look at me. See, everything will be good. They'll they'll get over their addiction because I did it. Right. That's right. Um, then you have the hero. Mm-hmm. The hero likes to play therapist.
1: Absolutely. The hero likes to be... The one that everybody looks up to mm-hmm. the overachiever mm-hmm. uh, in my particular family of origin it's my oldest brother he's the success success story he's the one that created his own business because we came from squat mm-hmm. and he's made himself a very successful business a very successful family he's the one everybody goes to when they need something now
0: okay and the scapegoat basically is the one who um, acts out to divert the attention yep that would be me they'll get in trouble or do like erratic things Mm -hmm. just so the attention isn't all on the addict
1: yes And in my particular case, I would say, um, I'm sorry, I was supposed to wash the dishes last night. I'm Mm -hmm. sorry, I stole mom's car and parked it wrong in the driveway. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm the one that uh, got in trouble in school. Here, look at me, look at me. Mm -hmm. In one particular case, I had a child, just so somebody would actually pay attention to me instead. Not mm-hmm. that I would change that because I adore my child. Immensely. I adore her too. <laughs> yes, that's her mom. <laughs> uh, but uh, there are definitely um, things to be said for not being a scapegoat. You have a right to live your own life. Mm-hmm. You don't have to act
0: like that. You don't. The last role is the lost child. The lost child. The lost child is the one who doesn't really get any attention or... Um, any praises because the whole family is focusing on the addict
1: or the other players in the game right to me the lost child means my sister Mm -hmm. my sister was put up for adoption when she was five years old and she was adopted by another family member we grew up thinking we were cousins for the longest time and Mm -hmm. my sister wasn't acknowledged until she was uh, an adolescent Mm -hmm. and she wasn't given the attention that I was because I was the scapegoat. She wasn't given the attention that my brothers were because one was a hero and one was uh, uh, the mascot. Mm -hmm. Um, My sister basically was a lost child. She didn't get what she needed from her family Mm -hmm. of origin.
0: Right, and those are usually the ones that um, escape. They're the ones who don't really have too much to do with the family.
1: Absolutely. For the longest time, I couldn't even talk to my sister. She wouldn't even speak to me. And then uh, just in recent years, we've become very close again. And I'm Mm -hmm. very grateful for that. But it took a lot of work on both our parts to do that.
0: Right. I mean, we come from a family full of (laughs) crazy people. Right. Exactly. We come from a family full of um, addiction behavior.
1: Yes, very much. And
0: everybody deals with it in their own way. Everybody does. And it tears relationships apart. It does. Luckily, we're strong enough to mend those relationships. Some of us. Yeah, some of us. Some of us. <laughs> um, so basically, addiction plays a huge role in the family's lives, too. Yes. Their lives basically revolve around the addict. Absolutely. But that's not every family, but for the most part... That's our family. Right.
1: Our so, happy, unhealthy, dysfunctional, dat-functional family.
0: <laughs> <laughs> welcome to our chaos. Hey. <laughs> so um, I was doing a little research on this, and I stumbled across some statistics... Um, about addiction substance addiction not really um behavioral addiction um so almost 21 million americans have at least one addiction but only 10 percent of that receive treatment
1: absolutely and in this time of pandemic it's even worse mm-hmm. um, a lot of places are closed or because of the covid or because of you know people not and and for me I just got to say this if an addict doesn't have an easy avenue to get out they won't
0: they won't right exactly and also um some people are uh, want to be sober but they just don't know where to turn what resources and stuff like that absolutely um another statistic was um drug overdoses have more than tripled since the 1990s I would say that's even bigger now. Probably. With the
1: opioid pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, No one talks about the opioid pandemic anymore. They talk about the COVID. They talk about child trafficking. They talk about, you know, several other things. Nobody talks about how many people are dying right now from the opioid epidemic.
0: About 130 Americans to be exact. Absolutely. Um... per day, by the way, per day. Yeah, exactly. I left that part out about 20% of Americans who have depression or anxiety disorders also struggle with substance abuse. And I'm not blaming the doctors, but it's, they get addicted to the antidepressants. Mm -hmm. So Uh, I don't know about that, but yeah, Xanax or stuff like that. They get addicted to it. So it's doctors throwing prescriptions at people cause addiction
1: yeah because a lot of doctors don't explain to patients when they give them these prescriptions for these pills that you also have to have therapy right you cannot just put a pill in your mouth and magically everything is going to be sunshine and roses you have to have behavior modification therapy you have to have regular one-on-one visits with a the therapist you have to have a group of people that are in your corner mm-hmm. and backing you and pulling you back up when you fall down mm-hmm. and who you also pull up them when they fall down
0: exactly good support Absolutely. About three, 300 million people throughout the world have an alcohol disorder. Mm-hmm. And on average, 30 Americans die every day in an alcohol-related car accident.
1: Probably higher now during the pandemic as well. Definitely. Probably. Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Um, guys, don't drink and drive.
1: Please, God. My, my, uh, another one of my granddaughters, my, my beautiful Anissa, she lost her cousin to an alcohol-related crash last year and it devastated my grandchild mm-hmm. and it's, it's it's so hard for me to sit back and watch someone who's left behind which is another addition uh, 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 another issue i want to i want to um address is survivor's remorse mm-hmm. those of us who are left right my husband whom i adored dearly mm-hmm. stopped using stopped drinking for 18 months and he died in my arms today before my birthday three years ago survivor's remorse meant for me that I have to live without him now. Mm -hmm. Even though we used together, um, I did support him in his quitting. Mm -hmm. I did not. I I also quit at the same time. However, it was too late. The damage had been done.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And if it's not too late for you or
0: someone you love, share this information with them. Get help. Please, God, get help about 10% of people who misuse prescription opioids become addicted to them.
1: Absolutely.
0: When I feel like we've said that like three times, so uh, pay attention. Pay close attention. If you go to the dentist, you got a
1: toothache. The doctor gives you uh, five pain pills. You take them home, you take two. Then an hour later, you take three. You're misusing your prescriptions. Right. And you are addicted at that point. Right. And you will feel some withdrawal
0: exactly and and like we discussed earlier withdrawal is painful it's not pretty
1: it's not just painful it's also psychologically detrimental and can make you feel like a failure you know just because you screwed up with the prescription Mm
0: -hmm. just for that reason i wanted to add though um not always but um in families of addicts when the addict gets clean the some family members um have become addicted to that addict's behavior. Absolutely. They become addicted to that. And so, like we said, addiction is 50% genetic. Mm-hmm. It's half and half. It's half and half. Yes. Sometimes you have to get away from those people. Yes. For absolutely. your own mental health.
1: You do. If you're clean and you're struggling and your family's not supporting you, call me. <laughs> I'll help you out. I'll be your family. <laughs>
0: So, if you are someone you know struggles with addiction, I have a couple hotlines you guys can call. They are open 24 7. The first one is 1 888 815 2561. And the other is 1 800 852 6025.
1: 854?
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. 1 <laughs> 800 854 6025 my dyslexia kicked in (laughs) okay
1: another thing i'd like to say about that is there's a national na hotline if you have access to an internet there's an there's an online meeting for narcotics anonymous Mm -hmm. just about anywhere you are anywhere in the world there's one close by you google it call the hotline Mm -hmm. there's an aa hotline available to you nationwide as well all you got to do is pick up that phone call that number and there's somebody there who's struggling as well or who has, has learned to come a couple more days cleaner than you are
0: and we'll talk you down off that ledge yeah exactly people are out there wanting to help absolutely um and we'll leave those um numbers and stuff in the description along with other uh resources like websites and stuff like that so hopefully this episode gave you guys Enough insight on addiction and explain to you guys how it worked, what are the symptoms and stuff like that, and hopefully you can help someone you know. Absolutely,
1: and if you can't help someone you know, help someone you don't know. Right. You see exactly. that that guy standing on the street corner with the sign that says, "Hey, we'll work for beer."
0: Mm-hmm. He's not lying. He's not. He's really not. He's not. Not at all. And it's
1: not our job to judge.
0: Nope.
1: It's our job to be helpful. Exactly. Thanks for
0: listening. Bye-bye. Bye.